Our scripture today comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 20, and I will be reading from the international, New International Version. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell along thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but not perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, <clears throat> and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Good morning, church. And hello to those online as well. It's great to be in worship with you here today as we continue on a sermon series called The Parables. And what's unique about this sermon series, again, is that uh, some of our children's program that's going on on Sunday mornings is also studying these same uh, passages. And so if you have a child or grandchild or just maybe you picked up a kid on the way to church today and threw him up there, uh, you can have a conversation with them after church today and uh, have a good good, uh, time uh, talking about what everybody learned. And hopefully you can help. Yeah, be part of your child's faith journey there and help them uh, along the way and have some good conversation. If uh, Just so you know, of course, next week is uh, Mother's Day, and uh, we will be celebrating that. Uh, and so just so you know, the, the sermon won't quite line up with what the children's uh, stuff is going on that morning, uh, but you can plan on that ahead of time there. I do want to mention today that uh, uh, yesterday was a, a special day. We have a graduate from the Ohio University in our presence here today. And we'll be celebrating our graduates later, but I just thought I'd celebrate it with her today. So Katie, we want to just congratulate you. 
And I, and I told her this morning, I said, you know, for graduation, your gift is that you get to preach today. So she's going to come on up. And, <laughs> and the commencement speaker said it was a big deal to be a Bobcat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm going to stop right there before I get into trouble there. But there we go. So we're excited for you and just uh, so thankful for you here today. Well, again, we're looking at the parables, and as we just heard, the parable, what I call digging in the dirt, is the sermon uh, specific title for today. But first, let's go ahead and, and pray together. Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts, be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Now, i got to be honest, this is one of my favorite passages to preach, and the reason why is because I don't even need to preach it. And, there, and the reason why is because Jesus actually preaches it himself, right? And you remember how the story goes, right? He's sitting there tearing, telling this parable, and then the disciples afterwards go, hey, Jesus, psst, what's, with the, what's with the parables, and what's that mean? And then Jesus actually explains the whole parable to them. So in some ways, you've already had Sermon A, if you will, uh, here today in our reading of Scripture. So it's almost really easy for me. But this Scripture itself is also, there's a big question that happens. Now let's first look at what Jesus explains this parable. You remember how it was? There's four soils, and there's seeds planted all along, uh, and the days passed. Instead of, you know, planting maybe seeds like we do now, basically a sower would go out and into a field, and oftentimes before it was even tilled or anything, they would just scatter the seed, and it would fall wherever it would fall, and so some of it fell on all sorts of different types of soil. They'd a lot of times come afterwards and kind of till it a little bit afterwards, and then they would just let it grow, and whatever grew, grew, and that was the crop. And so, of course, whenever you went out and were doing the harvest, you could obviously tell where our the soil that was, was it good or bad, depending on where it came from. And so Jesus uses that analogy of, of farming in his day to share about the word. And what it is when the word, that is the kingdom message, the message Jesus is bringing, and even the message about himself is sowed into people's lives, what's the result of it, right? You remember how one goes, it's on the path and the birds come and eat it, right? One's on rocky soil and it's, it's got a little depth to it. It grows up, looks great, but then all of a sudden the heat comes out and it withers because, you know, the roots aren't too deep. And then, you know, there's one, of course, where it's, it's growing and it's doing good, but there's a bunch of thorns and other weeds around it that just choke it out. And then finally, one that's on the good soil, and it just it grows, it comes up, and it just has a crop that's beautiful. And then Jesus goes on when his disciples say, hey, what's that about? He actually explains it to him, right? And here's again what he explains it to him. He says, hey, the seed that was on the path, that's kind of like this. It's, kinda, it's when Satan takes away the word when it's given to a person. It's just like a bird just comes and eats it. It doesn't even start in that person's life at all. He says the rockier are the ones that receive it with joy. It seems like everything's going well, but bad things come along. Persecution even maybe comes along, and they quickly just fall away. They can't take the heat. The thorns are when, like the worries of life or the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it out. It's, it's starting to grow. It's doing good, but all of a sudden something shiny comes along or something you're really worried about comes along and it just chokes out from being able to grow into its fully, full potential that God has for it. Of course, and the final one is the one that's planted on the good soil. And Jesus says, this is the person who hears the word, accepts it, and then uses that word and it produces a crop inside them. And then get this, the rates of return, 30, then he goes on, even 60, and then he goes on, even 100 times what was sown. And of course, the message there is that when the word is planted in you, if you're on good soil, it's going to produce a crop, right? And Jesus gives some phenomenal numbers there. In fact, uh, in history, these actually aren't, you know, so crazy numbers that they never happen. 
But these are numbers that if you ever had happened, it would be a fantastic harvest. You would be celebrating, you would be calling the town together, and everybody would just be rejoicing if these numbers were a harvest season in those days. And so Jesus is saying, hey, this one, that's who you want to be, right? And then, of course, the debate of the question is the hard question, which is, well, which one are you, right? And, of course, as Jesus is telling this story, those who are hearing this story are putting themselves into their category of which one are you? Which soil are you? And so, of course, to preach it here today, I just got to reiterate what Jesus already did in his own time. <laughs> which soil are you? Now, the hard part of the question comes in this one is, if you are one of the soils, can you change? Right? Because if you think about this passage, it's kind of a bummer if Jesus preaches it, and it's all of a sudden kind of like, well, sorry, out of luck, you're the bad soil, moving on to the next person, right? Wouldn't be good news, really, if that was the case. And so I think, as for sure, and, and there's a couple different items here of why I think, but I think Jesus tells this story, he wants us to identify, but he doesn't just want us to stop there and go, oh, bad luck, I guess I'm not the good soil. He wants us to cultivate our life, and in all those ways that we aren't the good soil, become the good soil. Now, People may debate on this, and some people, scholars would debate on this, but here's what I would say. When I read this, this parable, there's a couple things that make me think that Jesus wants us to see it that way. The first one is this, is that when you read it, remember right after this in the story, Jesus first explains, well, I'm telling parables in the first place to his disciples. He says, hey, I'm telling this so that it's, the true meaning is kind of hidden, right? And that so people just don't, and he goes on and he quotes uh, a passage from Isaiah, and when he quotes this passage, it sounds like what he's saying is that it's He's trying to, like, make sure people don't hear the good news and that only those who are chosen hear the good news. But if you go back and look at the passage of Isaiah, it was a passage that is specifically about holding judgment upon Israel. It's the calling of Isaiah, actually. It's when Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And then God says, okay, here's your message. I'm going to send you, but my judgment's already upon them. In other words, the parables themselves are the judgment call. And, and the way Jesus is using this is this idea is that if you hear this gospel message, if you hear the parables, and you don't seek earnest, and you don't seek to understand, and there's nothing in you that climbs and tries to get in there and tries to understand it or even wants to understand it, the judgment is right in your face. Like, you're already, your exclusion is all based upon yourself and that judgment that's given in those moments. And so not understanding, in other words, not trying to understand, not just I don't get it, but I don't even make an attempt to get it or even attempt to put it in my life is automatically the judgment upon the person. The second reason is this, because when Jesus says these words, he who has ears, let him hear, kind of doesn't make sense what he's saying there, but in ancient culture of, of the Middle East, it's very clear what he's saying. Ears, let him hear, it means something like this, is, you know, when you hear something, you don't just hear it. There's that active listening that happens, right? So you can hear something or you can actively listen. And then, first of all, he's saying, hey, if you have ears, actively listen to what I'm saying. But then he's not only going that far, in ancient Middle Eastern culture, the active listening required action. And so he's saying, hey, if you have ears, whoever has ears, if you can hear what I'm saying, not only listen and understand and give attention, Put these practices in your life. Literally, t 
take the seed that I'm giving you, this word of truth that I'm giving you, plant it in your life, cultivate it, and grow it, and watch what happens. And of course, Jesus wouldn't be saying all those things and saying, hey, put this into action if there wasn't a way to become more active in which soil you are. So if you're here today and you go, man, I might be number one. You know, like, good news for you. Don't leave here today being discouraged. There's good news because God will give you the ability to become good soil if you let him. But as you go on and you look at these passages, it's interesting because, of course, Jesus wants us to act, to put into passive, or put into our lives the very actions of listening to his parables and putting them in. And so let's examine these soils just a little deeper, right, and just kind of go over them. Again, on the path, right, you know what it is. I mean, if you put anything on a path that people walk on and trudge on all the time, it dies, right? I remember uh, we had some soccer fields in places that I've grown up, and they were used all the time. And you know what happened to the soccer field? And how much water they put on it, and how much fertilizer they put on it, and how much treatment. They even painted the grass green. And um, I remember I had some fields growing up. I played lacrosse, and lacrosse in the day, you know, was kind of like a club sport. You kind of had to go around to different cities in the south. I picked it up in the northeast as we lived there, but I continued on in my days. And, and we were like the outcast sport of the southeast at the time. So, like, we had to play on the mud field. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you may know what I'm talking about. Like, it was the quote-unquote grass field. There may have been, like, three blades of grass on this field. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could, you could get out a pair of scissors and do the trimming, you know, and do the yard work. You know what I'm saying? And, and as you went out there on this field, you would just trot it, trot it, trot it. And it didn't matter what you tried to do this field because it was so overused. When it's stamped down, the seed can't take root. And the only thing that happens to that seed the birds, as Jesus said, just come down and when seed falls on it, it's just free meal for the birds. No work, no effort. It's just right there, platter for the taking. Now, no one in the right man in those days would, would willingly throw seed on the path. It's just silly. It's stupid. And so, of course, something that would happen in this scenario, in this story, is that the seed had to get blown there and taken there or animals trudge it there or something happened that it got there. Sower wouldn't necessarily do that on purpose at all. But nonetheless... It's interesting to look at this seed because it never takes root at all. And if you think about our own life, there's a genuine way of, in faith, having doubt. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes doubt is part of our journey. But there's another thing in faith that's called unbelief. And they're actually different. They sound the same. Doubt and unbelief are two different things. Doubt is you're honestly giving it the fair shot hearing. You're honestly trying to apply it to your life, and you just can't quite sometimes make it all fit. And so you're living the best faith you can, and you continue on the journey. Unbelief is, uh uh-uh, I'm not doing it. I'm doing this my way. This doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to try to understand it. I'm not going to put it in my life. I don't even want it, right? That's the unbelief. And as Jesus describes it, when that happens and that, when the word hits you, and when Jesus' teachings hit you and you just go, nope, not for me, I'm out this one, red light, stop here, line in the sand, I don't even care to know what Jesus wants to me to do, it's unbelief. And the judgment that we talked about is already upon you because you missed the word of God. And Satan, like Jesus says, just comes and snatches it from your life. In other words, God wanted it to grow in your life. God wanted to bless you. God wanted to bring this crop in your life, and it never got going because of the unbelief. And the only thing that happened is Satan just stole everything from you, every blessing that God wanted. The next one, of course, that rocky soil. In Israel, 
There's all sorts of soil types. It's really interesting. It's one of these crazy places. If you ever see pictures of it, there's like places, there's you know, aqueducts and water, and then there's dry desert, and then they exist like next to each other. And or you can be on one side of a mountain, it's like just chalk and nothing and desert, just empty wasteland. And the other side of the mountain, there's you know, trees and olive gardens and all sorts of stuff. It's just a, it's a really neat place if, if you like rocks and things. But what's really interesting in, in Israel is they have limestone, lots of it. And limestone is one of these great kind of porous rocks, but there's elements of it where it's really shallow soil. And so what, of course, would happen is it would be great soil on top. It's fantastic for growing things. But once you get just like, you know, a little bit underneath that topsoil, it's firm rock. And so the water really has no way to trickle and, and sit anywhere. And so what would end up happening a lot of times is stuff would grow. And in the growing season, stuff would look like verdant and joyous and great. Except it couldn't draw. None of the roots could go deep. And so when that hot sun and the dry season starts coming and that sun gets hot, the water on that topsoil is no longer there. It goes quickly. And that plant that had this full life has no deep roots, has no water to draw from, and so it just withers in the sun. And what Jesus is saying here is that, hey, when you hear the word, when you hear my message, when you hear what I'm asking you to do, be decisive about it. Plant it in your life. Plant it deep in your life. And he specifically gives the example of when, when, when things come in your life like hardship or per, even persecution in your life because of the word, that people will fall away. In other words, God's got this thing in your life where he's planting it, he's doing this, and he's growing it up. But if you don't have firm roots, when the heat comes, you're just going to wither away. And so Jesus is calling us to not just not only hear it and, and have belief in the word but, and try to apply it to our lives, but even on that, he's trying to say, grow deep roots. Grow and grow and grow. Get deep into the Lord. Get deep into your commitment of putting this into your life so that you don't miss the harvest that's coming. The third thing, of course, is those thorns. And in Israel, like anywhere else, there's all sorts of weeds and stuff that grow, but there are some really nasty ones that grow in Israel and, uh, and as Jesus is telling this story, there are ones that even look like the good seed. And we'll hear about this in another parable coming up. But there are things that mimic the look of a good seed. And so there are examples of when, when people would sow stuff, that an enemy of theirs would come along and sow the weeds. And the farmer couldn't tell the difference until much later and too late when all the weeds had grown together. And so we'll talk about that later. Another one exactly more about that. But nonetheless, it was an example of their life that they saw with their own lives of weeds growing up along with the crop, but choking it out, right? Drawing its nutrients, taking its water, taking its sunshine, growing around it and, and actively pursuing it. And even as Jesus says in this one, the thorny ones, right? So the farmer can't even really get in and get out. You know, and these, are, these are olden days, right? So they don't have some of the stuff we have. I mean, they're gonna have to get in with their hands and rip out these thorns themselves. And if they do, they're gonna rip up the crop. And so they kind of have to let it grow together, but the crop keeps getting choked and choked and choked. And Jesus says, hey, people of mine, if you want to hear the word, there's two things you got to watch out for, worry and wealth. And it's so interesting in those two things, worry and wealth. When you think about it, it's, it's one of those things, it's like, have you ever told, told someone to stop worrying, right? I mean, I had a dog that would worry. It was called Brittany, and Brittany the dog was a Brittany Spaniel, very, you know, I don't know, it's very imaginative name. We didn't name the dog. The dog kind of just was that name when we got it. But it, Brittany the dog, and Brittany the dog, when it heard thunder coming, you know, like two hours before we heard it, right, the dog would start freaking out. And the dog would like get so freaked out 
it would freak out that we weren't freaking out. You know what I'm saying? And no matter how much I held the dog, no how much I petted the dog, no matter how much I fed the dog, I could do, I could do anything to this dog except sort of drugging it, basically, and this dog would just panic, right? But Jesus is saying, don't let worry choke out the crop that's in you. And of course, wealth, Jesus doesn't necessarily have a problem with wealth just in general, but there's a love of wealth that is deadly, absolutely deadly. It will not just choke you out, it will choke everything that God has in your life, take it from you, and just throw it away. And Jesus is saying, that love of wealth, uh, don't let it control you. No, 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 no. Because it's going to choke out and take away your joy. But that soil, that good soil, that 30, 60, 100 times, it's incredible, but it's possible. And in God's economy, the warning I would say there to us as we look at that is this, is that sometimes you're going to plant that seed, it's going to grow, and you're going to have no recognition of the, the crop that's given. And what I mean by that is God's economy is totally different than ours. And in God's economy, he may be looking at you, and you may be just a hundredfold crop. The word that has been planted in you may be sprouting and doing amazing things, but in the eyes of this world, you are the biggest loser in the world, right? In the eyes of the world, you are the loneliest, most, you know, failed experiment of human being there was. But in God's kingdom, no, no, no. He's seeing fruit, abundant. He's seeing a crop that's glorious. He's seeing something to celebrate. And so if you plant the word in your life, if you let the word of God, that, that teaching of what Jesus is saying to us to do, you put it in action, you grow it deep, and you don't let it be choked out by the worries or the wealth of this world, just the one warning I'd have is that sometimes you may not recognize how beautiful it is in your life. But rest assured, God looks at your life and the fruit that's being come, the crop that's coming on the harvest day, if you will. And he's already rejoicing because he's looking out at the field seeing you, and he is loving it absolutely loving it. Of course, today, here and now, we're one of these soils. And pretty much each and every day we wake up, we are actually determining which soil we're going to be. So which soil are you? Which soil do you want to be? And you already know, what does it take to get there? Jesus says, he who has ears, let them hear. Let us hear and do. Let's pray. Lord, as we're here today, we thank you so much for your word and the challenge of this parable. God, it's in some ways so easy to understand because you explained it yourself. Of course, in action, Lord, things can never be that easy. When it's a battle of our will, versus what you want in our life. And so, God, sometimes our hearts desire things or don't want to go through things or just want an easy route. And so, Lord, we don't sometimes put into action or listen to what you've called us to do. But as we're here today, Lord, give us ears that hear. Not only would we listen attentively and try to put it in action, but that we would be determined in putting it into action. And that, God, we know in your economy we grow into beautiful things and we do amazing work for you, especially for those here today that maybe feel like they've been sowing for a long time and cultivating for a long time, that feel like they look at their life and they say, what has been accomplished? May your Holy Spirit rest upon them now. To God, once again, think through your eyes, your economy. Still in us, the beauty of who we're becoming, 
of whose lives we've touched and how the world is better because of us accepting your word and putting it into action. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.